This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions. Because it's time to dish the dirt. On the AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. And uh, sous chef garden Frank Proctor, and in the next room is James Patrick Dooley, the terrific Troika on the air. Yes, indeed. Yes. And uh, hello, Franklin. Hello, Charlie. And uh, early happy birthday to you tomorrow. Well, thank you very much. Thank you. Yes, we needn't mention figuratively how uh, old I figures. am. <laughs> figures. <laughs> figuratively. <laughs> no. <laughs> No, no, no. As you pointed out, you're still young and sprightly today. Tomorrow's another day. That's true. Yes, I'm I'm uh, preparing for a bash. Oh, I bet you are. <laughs> well, I think Di's got something planned there. Uh, you, she usually has something up her yeah, 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 yeah. Anywho. I think it's nice that you want plants for your birthday, though. Uh, yeah, we uh, we were out doing a little bit of shopping uh, mm-hmm. yesterday, as I was telling you, and saw some uh, beautiful plants. And Di said, take a picture of this with your phone and then show it to Charlie. So guess what I, I did? I know. And, and I left my phone at home. That was So smart. I described this to you. And what the heck was it you told it's me ca- It's a bromeliad. It's a... Okay, there's Beautiful. a proper name, yeah, Acmea yeah. fasciata, or n- also known as silver vase bromeliad. And that would be a good plant for you. Oh, good. Okay. Because easy to take care of. Easy to take care of. It is a tropical. It's a member of mm-hmm. the pineapple family. As yeah. you pointed out, the flowers, reminiscent of a pineapple. The flowers last for months and months and months. Oh. What you need is a sunny location, yeah. which you have. When you water, you pour in room temperature water into the top, into that vase-type central um, cup in the center. So you always make sure there's water in there. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, So once it evaporates, you fill that up again. Cats do not eat these plants. They are not (laughs) edible. That's what killed them the last one. I know. They're quite spiny. And, yeah, they're really attractive. They're really nice plants. Okay, good. So, and like I said, easy to care for. So good one for you. Hey, you know what? Yes. This is the Garden Show, where it we is. accept callers' uh, questions and sometimes comments, too. Some of the comments are wild. Okay, <laughs> let me get the phone numbers to you here. Uh, in Toronto, call 416-360-0740. Then anywhere else in the province, toll-free 1-866-740-4740 to speak to the wondrous and ever-lovely Charlie Dobbin. Oh, I was going to say the dulcet tones of James Patrick Dooley. No. Uh, <laughs> Well, yes. Yeah, First. That, yeah, he's, and, he's and the guy's got a great set of pipes. He, he plays the organ uh, good. at the church. Good to hear. Uh, All right, <laughs> we got 101 announcements here. I better get to them. It's that time of year. Today oh, is yes. May 24th, yes. right? This is the real weekend. Yeah. This is the weekend we got to get out there and get planting. So... Uh, just in time for all of that, 
Today, there are a couple of plant sales going on hosted by horticultural societies. One is in Streetsville, 27th annual plant sale from 8.30 till 2 o'clock today mm-hmm. at the Leslie Log House, 4415 Mississauga Road, south of Eglinton Avenue West. Also going on in Burlington is that horticultural society's plant sale, gigantic, 8 a.m. until noon in the parking lot beside the Curling Club, 2285 New Street in Burlington. Uh, ongoing tomorrow, this, uh, Tor- the Greater Toronto Bulb Society is holding their May meeting. The main speaker is Anna Leggett on South Africa, a bulb lover's paradise. Uh, the Greater Toronto Bulb Society meets at the Cummer Park Community Centre, which is the southwest corner of Leslie and Cummer, 6000 Leslie Street. The meeting starts at 1.30, free parking, and everyone is invited. If you love bulbs, you're going to want to get involved with this group. Um, and again, if you love roses tomorrow, the Hamilton and Burlington Rose Society is hosting the Canadian Rose Society AGM at, at the RBG or Royal Botanical Garden Centre, 680 Plains Road West in Burlington, rooms 3 and 4. Meeting starts at 1.30 uh, and there's going to be a demo, a floral design demo by Anne Clark Stewart. Again, you like roses, everyone is welcome. Mm-hmm. You'll meet all kinds of rose lovers there as well. This Tuesday evening, May 27th, I'll be back in your old neck of the woods there in Niagara-on-the-Lake. Oh, yeah. I'm speaking to the Niagara-on-the-Lake Horticultural Society on the very popular topic, gardening in a changing climate. The Hort Society meets in the Niagara-on-the-Lake Community Centre, 14 Anderson Lane. Meeting starts at 7 p.m. Again, everyone is welcome. And uh, I did the same gardening in a changing climate presentation to the Beach Horticultural Society this past week, and, and they seem to appreciate and enjoy it. I hope these folks don't travel from meeting to meeting, otherwise you're going to be giving the same speech. Bore them to death. No, yeah, I, no. Yeah. Actually, you'd be amazed how many people do belong to multi-societies. Oh, really? yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, you see a familiar face, like, okay, come on up here, you can make the, help me make this presentation. Yeah. Yeah. Otherwise you start, boo, yeah. boo, get some new material. <laughs> Thanks for that. <laughs> I'll be on my lookout for the people with the rotten tomatoes when they come in the door. Uh, all right, one more thing you need to know about, and this is happening this week, Thursday, May 29th, another very fun event that I will be participating in at the Toronto Botanical Gardens. It's the chance to compete with nature by strutting your fanciest frocks and most fabulous hats. It's the women's only event with alfresco dining, gourmet food, wine stations positioned all over the Toronto Botanical Gardens, alluring landscape. So give in to temptation at uh, the dessert lounge, strike a pose for the hat and fascinator competition, and rekindle your love of nature with like-minded women. It's it's called Women to Women. It's a lovely garden party. Sounds like a nutty sort of thing. You just lots of tons of fun. Is what I mean. There's no nuttiness. It's very elegant. Oh, my Lord. Oh, really? Oh. <laughs> it, I, I have offended a whole... No, no, no. You're right. There, there's oh, always okay. a few nut bars in every crowd because <laughs> that's why we invite you places sometimes. <laughs> but you're not invited to this one. It's women, women's only. More information, www.torontobotanicalgarden.ca. Very good. Exactly. Now, do I... We have to do a little exercising dancing, right about now. Oh, dancing, exercising, I can dance. Just a minute, I'm putting my chair back here. Okay, I'm closing my eyes yeah. because he's being silly. Hey, Why is he dancing? At I'm least he's not dancing. whining. Yeah. 
<laughs> you were just talking about dance. Um, <clears throat> what was it? Uh, I was in a competition. Your your granddaughter has a dance oh, recital. That's right. So you're obviously helping her practice for it and not complaining and whining about any pain. Well, you hardly, I hardly ever whine. <laughs> that's true. That's true. You don't. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the reason that Frank is dancing around and being silly is because he has been taking his CRSL, mm-hmm. and that is something that helps keep us limber and pain-free and it just somehow keeps those joints working. We're not really sure how. It's completely natural mineral supplement available at many health food stores, also available over the web, sierrasil.ca, or for more information, 1-877-JOINT-14. S-I-E-R-R-A-S-I-L. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, flocks, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. Well, we're just giggling in here, I'm telling you. It's one of those mornings, folks, where we could go off the rails so easily. But we're not going to. Because it's May 24th and it's all about gardening. And I'm trying to impress folks who might be calling for the first time because when they do, they're going to hear wind chimes like this. Maureen in Etobicoke, those little chimes are for you. Oh, thank you. Welcome to the show, Maureen. Thank you. Um, You guys sound like you're having a great time there. We we are. (laughs) That's good. Okay, my question is... um, we have a weed in the backyard, mm-hmm. and it looks like there's three leaves on a stem. And I've, and I pulled up one, and it seems like it's on a runner. Oh, I think and I know what it it's is. all the way down the yard, and mm-hmm. we dug it up all last year, and now it's all back this year. How can I get rid of it? Uh, good question. All right. I think what you might have, is it green or is it green and white, the leaves? It's all green. All green. Uh, but like you say, those three little leaves, and it stands maybe six inches tall? About that, yeah. So what you have is a very invasive weed, I think, called commonly called gout weed. Gout. Gout weed is the common name. The actual name is agapodium. Nevertheless, it is something that does, as you say, travel by runners or stolons under the ground and Mm -hmm. pops up all over the place and is extremely difficult to eradicate. You can, okay, there's a couple things you can do. One is digging, but it's digging deep and it's staying right on top of that digging and just every little piece has to come out. Mm -hmm. So it's quite an onerous task if it's a big area. Uh, It also can be a problem if it's within a garden because, you know, it's growing in amongst plants that you want. Mm-hmm. Um, one effective, but again, sometimes not always something you want to do, uh, techniques is to, in the area where this plant is growing, dark plastic tarpaulin or dark plastic over top of it. Well, basically, I'd run the lawnmower over it first. Then I'd lay the dark plastic on top, seal the edges all around the big tarpaulin with stones or soil, and then you suffocate the plant. It, it dies from lack of light and uh, lack of air, actually. How long does it take to die? Well, it could, with that plant, you'd have to leave it at least six to eight weeks with the tarpaulin on top. Weeks. Yeah, not pretty. But it does work because it sterilizes the soil uh, if it's a sunny location. There are really no effective herbicides that will wipe out that plant without it still coming back. You know, the root will survive. You'll just have to keep spraying, keep spraying. If you wanted to go that route, you could, but it's not... It's not magical. You won't get rid of it overnight with any chemicals. Oh, boy. 
Um, now, there is a bright spot here, if I may, Maureen. Yes. We, I've just got word from James Patrick Dooley, our, our uh, producer here. He just sent something on the monitor here. Goutweed soup is a real thing. So if you want to save some of that wonderful material that's growing it, goutweed soup. I'm going to have to look that up myself. Yeah, I think we're just going to have to look that or up. Or has, he been, a, has he been partying all the again? Time. Oh, well, there you go. There's <laughs> potential I, I here. Oh, that just turns me off. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh. Goutweed soup. One of the side effects is your two. toe hurts. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so like I said, so not not easy, but um, but something that you're going to want to get rid of. See, I'm just showing some oh, pictures. Okay. I think, so you can double check on the web, make sure I've got the right, the right uh, um, weed. <clears throat> but that's what I'm thinking you well, might have Well, it sounds like it because, you know, we dug it up all last year, but maybe we didn't go down deep enough. Yeah. And uh, everybody has, because it's right on the fence, mm-hmm. and the people on the other side of the fence have it. Mm-hmm. And across at the very mm-hmm. back, the people behind us got it. And, you know, so... And where did it start? That's the question. Well, it started at the very end yeah. of our yard next door. Okay, yeah. And uh, it so travels. it came in, and we thought we had it, but it's just getting worse and worse. Yeah. Oh, yes, it will do quite a takeover if it's oh, allowed really? to. Yeah. It, oh. it, it will dominate everything. Well, I think it's doing that now. <laughs> okay. Son of a gun. So okay. eat that weed and other <laughs> things, too. That's okay. actually... That's the website, eattheweeds.com. Right. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> All right. Good, good luck with that. Thanks Thank for you. calling. All righty. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That's a bit of a shame, though. I mean, six weeks, you have to basically cover your backyard. Yeah, I know. That's a lot of wow. plastic, and it's not pretty when you're doing it. And well, the no. neighbor needs to, like, that's the thing. Eh? It's the neighbors. They all need to do it. Oh, Because it'll just come luck. back, right, if sure. it's coming in under yeah. the fence. Well, you know what? We've talked our way around to the very first break here, or the second break, should I we? say? Uh, yeah, we. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> you are mostly responsible for all of that. Janice is waiting on the line to speak to us from Brantford, and we'll get to you, Janice, right after these words. Don't change the radio station. Just because the weather changes, garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. And Frank Proctor joining in the fun here on a beautiful Saturday morning, May 24. Let's welcome Janice from Brantford. Good morning, Janice. Good morning. Morning. How are you all? Great. That's good. I'd like to know what kind of fertilizer I could put on cactus. One is a Christmas cactus. The other is, I don't know what, it looks like a bunch of sticks all stuck together. Oh, yeah. Like a, and, I think uh, that's called pencil cactus, actually. Oh, okay. Gee. Um, actually, they're not mine. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm babysitting them for mm-hmm. the summer. Okay. And um, last, I guess she got them a year or so ago. They haven't really done anything. Mm-hmm. Last summer, the girl that was looking after them thought they were um, imitation. <laughs> oh, well, that's no. not a bad thing. That's probably why they're still alive. Yeah. Right? That's, that's we, why I don't want to be the one to kill that's them. That's right. Well, we kill our cactuses with too much love. So, number one, remember, you're, you're going to think it's time to water, and then you're going to wait one more week. Oh, she told me to water every Sunday. Okay, no. No, okay. you're not going to do that because there'll just be probably too much water unless they're in very small pots and they there's are, very little soil. They're in the pots that they came in. So they're probably little four-inch pots? Yes. And uh, they're fair-sized plants or are they still no, quite tiny? No, they still look like you just bought them. Right. So that's why I would not water every Sunday. Put okay. them in the sunniest location you've got, right that on the I windowsill, did. bright sun. 
Water when really dry, and that means feeling the soil. You want it to not only feel dry to the touch, but dry all the way through. No right. sponginess in that Probably. soil. And what I would do in terms of a fertilizer is um, so use a very all-purpose fertilizer. Use a 20-20-20 or a 10-10-10, just an all-purpose fertilizer. <clears throat> there are specialty cactus fertilizers, but I wouldn't go get that carried away. Right. And follow the instructions in terms of the mixing amount. Uh-huh. Only fertilize every second time when you water. Okay. So you might water every two weeks, every three weeks, right. but you'll, you'll fertilize every second time. Okay. Okay. And that means they will grow. When your friend comes back and you hand over these plants, they're going to be twice the size that they are now. Yes, I'm hoping for that. <laughs> <laughs> and remember to turn the plants in the window yes. every, every week, preferably. Yes. And then they'll grow evenly. Thank you very much. Perfect. Thanks so much. Good luck with that. And you too. Yeah, cactus. Now you, you, That'd be a good one for you, too. Yeah, you're right, because I'm a terrible guy to remember to water. But that's okay. So, yeah. That's okay. And most plants are happier if you don't give them too much water. Don't kill them with love. I'll remember that's that. Right. Janice out there in, uh, no, let's see. George. Wait a minute. No. George. Oh, George. George. Good heavens, George. Almost changed you completely. Coburg. <laughs> in Coburg. Hi, good morning. Welcome to the show. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, I have, my wife had a, a, a Easter lily given to her, mm-hmm. and it's all died off now, all except the stem sticking there. Mm-hmm. What do I do? Do I cut that stem off, or do I is does it, it come back again? Is it still green? It's kind of a green, yeah. Okay, so and there's leaves on the stem, I assume. No, the leaves are all dead. They just I just took them off this morning. Okay, what I would do, assuming you want to see that plant again, is I would take it outside. For now, put it into a, a fairly shady location, but just straight outside because the weather's turned warm enough. Right. Allow that stem to continue to fade out. It's going to go from the pale green that it is now to a yellow until it just disappears. At that point, the bulb will be completely dormant. And at that point, you can put it away someplace where it will be dry, so dark and dry, or you can plant it. If you want it to flower again, it will have to be planted outside into the garden. In a well-drained location. Bulbs never go in low, damp spots. We always put them where it's well-drained. And, of course, it just needs some sun early in the spring, and it'll pop up and and give you... Now, remember, its normal blooming time will be more like June or July, not April or May. Right. Right? I mean, or I should say March or April. Our Easter lilies are forced to grow for Easter. They're timed out every year for whenever Easter is. Right. But in the, in the natural gardens, they will be up out of the ground now, but they certainly won't have bloomed yet. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, so do, can I leave it in the pot and just bury it in the pot? I wouldn't. I would just take it out of the pot and bury it. But bury it deeper than it is now because it's only a, an inch or so, if that, under the soil in the pot. And you're going to want to bury it at least four inches down. Oh, four inches. Eh? Yeah. Okay, then. Uh-huh. I don't have to water it or anything. Eh? Just, nope. Just leave it there. Just let it be. Let it die down and let it go completely dormant and then out into the garden and then n- nature will look after it from there. Yeah, it'll be something like a tulip bulb, I guess. Exactly, exactly. Okay, then. Great. Thank, Thank you, very you very much, much for joining the uh, show. Thanks okay. for your call. You, you too. You, my friends, are listening to The Garden Show with Charlie Dubbin. Yes, indeed. Oh, there's Dave. Dave's Corner Garage already in early uh, to like, bug us here. I think he needs <laughs> to, like, stop setting his alarm. Yeah. <laughs>
He's oh. up so early, this guy. I know, I know. Yeah, just... Crazy. For guys that ad-lib the show, he's, he does more prep. I know. And, and, I... He should have been a farmer. I don't know why he's in the mechanical <laughs> business. He's up with the sun. He should be out there plowing the well, fields. There you are. <laughs> Anywho, this is the garden show. What are we trying to do here? Uh, uh, and yes. we, we are going, going to, to our uh, fourth caller, yes, Joan. Take a little bop to Burlington. Mm-hmm. And there is Joan. Good morning, Joan. Welcome to the show. Good morning, and thank you so much for taking my call. Welcome to the show, Joan. Thank you. I, I'm multitasking at the moment. Listening <laughs> to your show, waiting for my call to go through, and I'm swiffering. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good for you. I like it. I like it, too. Save time. Listen, I have just this year put in um, a, water, a nice water pond. Uh-huh. It's not a very big one. Uh-huh. I would love to have some um, water lilies. Mm-hmm. But how many would be too many? For a fair four-foot pond. So four feet across? Yeah. Uh, one is the right amount. Oh. One water lily, but have you got some kind of circulating pump happening in there? Yes, I do. And is it kind of a swirling pond, or how, how much <clears throat> movement is there of the water? Oh, it's fairly good, because I put some um, water hyacinths in, and they kind of go in the road. Yeah, water hyacinths are great because they'll just float on the surface and bop yeah. around. They'll, as long as it's sunny, they're happy. Oh yes, but they water get six hours a day. Yeah, so I was just gonna say, water lilies to truly be happy need still water. Oh, so that's. I mean, think of where you see mm-hmm. water lilies in nature. Yeah. It's always in the little bays and coves, and so there's not much current. There's no like current at all. It's all still, oh. and that's where water lilies thrive. They, if it's a turbulent water or a lot of water movement, you will find that the water lilies will not be happy. Well, they won't be happy. Okay, then I. What about uh, water irises? Irises, lovely idea. This is a, that's a marginal plant, so that doesn't get planted right in the bottom of the of the pond. It it's gets planted. In a pot. You leave it in the pot, but yeah. you plant it on the edge. This is what I did. Right. So you don't want the plant, the, the whole crown of the plant underwater, but you do want its roots in moist soil at all times. Oh, okay. Okay, so it sits, we call it marginal because, uh, again, think to nature, think of streams trickling through the woods. It's along the edges of the streams that you have all your water irises and many other plants growing in those wet, marshy areas. So they, they live on the margins of the water. And um, what about a grass type of thing then? Um, same thing. <clears throat> you know, little, um, there's bull, like bulrushes or mini bulrushes. There's all kinds of great water plants. You're, you're calling us from Burlington. I'm just trying to think. <clears throat> Terra. Terra Greenhouses definitely Terra sells. Terra has them and so Home Park Gardens has them. Yeah. So they'll have water plants for sale and they have good staff that can direct you on with the best ones for your situation. Okay. And what about keeping it clean? The pond? Yeah. You're not, well, I mean, the only thing that gets it a bit dirty is leaves. So you, in the fall, might scoop out leaves. But in the meantime, no, you, there's no, you set up a little ecosystem. So the cleanliness takes place because the plants and the sun and the little bugs and everybody looks after keeping it clean. There's no worries about cleanliness, typically. Uh, because I know when I had a water fountain, mm-hmm. it was inclined to get slimy. Sure, because you get algae growing. Slowly. So the, the people in the store may recommend that you put in a little goldfish or two just to keep things clean because you do get a balance in your pond if oh. you've got all the different living things in the right quantities and sizes and locations. And so, they don't mind the, the movement of the water then? Oh, not at all. They love it. 
It's like and it's, it's good. exercise for them. <laughs> I'd go. I'd go for a piranha. You know, and then oh, really. I don't think so. <laughs> I go well, chipmunks. They might like it too. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, keep the cat Enjoy indoors. Enjoy your weekend. All right. Thank, Thank you, you Joan. Bye. <laughs> well, no. No, but you know what? Really, those little, really cheap I never theater that, goldfish. Know? Yeah, yeah. They're like. A quarter each. You stick those in, and particularly if there's kids in the neighborhood or grandkids or anybody, mm-hmm. they love that. They eh? love the, the oh, little sure. fish thing. And uh, yeah, so they die in the winter. Like, don't worry about it. It's not like you're going to keep the, the goldfish. Though I can tell you a story about myself keeping goldfish. Oh, oh. sounds. We better save that yeah, for a save time that for a, you know, get, my five dollar like investment. Story. No, it's just dumb. Oh, you know, oh. I couldn't didn't have the heart to let the goldfish die in the oh, winter. You know, you're, you're bringing tears to oh, my I eyes. Know. And they didn't survive in the cookie <laughs> jars. So I had to buy them an aquarium. So four hundred dollars later, my five dollars worth of goldfish were really happy. It's <laughs> like, what was that for? <laughs> I don't know. Well, those tears were really in honor of Julie, who was a first time caller from Thornhill, calling about a weeping cypress. Now, let's get the chimes on there for uh, Julie. Thank oh, you. That's it. Welcome to the show, Julie. Thank stop, you very much. Stop that crying now. Good morning, Julie. <laughs> nice to hear those chimes. Yeah. Thank you for taking my call. I have two weeping cypress. Mm-hmm. They're at the top of a rockery, and they're over 40 years old now. Mm-hmm. But um, once or twice in the, in the spring, they have kind of brown fawns, you know, hanging mm-hmm. down. This year, there's a lot of brown on the hanging fawns, and I'm just wondering, is the tree dying, or either two of them, or are they okay? Okay, probably what's happened, and because this was a particularly hard winter for the evergreens. Mm -hmm. Remember that our evergreens are never truly dormant. So even in the middle of winter, they are still somewhat awake, and they are still... Uh, transpiring or losing moisture through their leaves or their fronds, and that it's that la- it's that moisture evaporation that's taking place in the middle of winter when the ground is frozen solid and the plant can't get any liquid water, but it's losing liquid water that it ends up in a water deficit situation, and we we the plant is basically dehydrating or desiccating. So that's what that we're seeing browning on many of the evergreens, particularly on the south side and the west side where the sun was beating late in the winter and where the wind was blowing uh, after the snow had started to melt a bit. So don't, you know, don't worry about that. The main thing is most plants, if they're healthy, most evergreens will outgrow that rusty yellowness. Also keep in mind that evergreens are not truly green forever. All of them will drop older leaves or needles every couple of years as new growth happens. So to have some yellowing, particularly in the more mature areas of the plant, not unusual, I'm sure. Just with a pair of gloves, I would be combing through and, and you know, helping some of the yellow and brown to fall off. Mm-hmm. You may have to trim if, there's, if there is real dead bits, dead uh, pieces of branches, you know, you can follow the brown right up to the branch. You may need to do some actual trimming or stand back, recognize that some a nice top dressing with some manure around the plants. Remember, we also fertilize all of our plants in the spring, so now's the time to feed. What, and, what would I feed them? Uh, you know what? Any good evergreen food, it's going to be a high nitrogen fertilizer. Uh, so the first number is going to be higher than the others. would be like a 30-10-10 kind of number. Mm-hmm. And that's what you will feed according to directions. That will encourage new growth. And again, that new growth will outgrow some of the old rusty stuff. 
Okay. All right. Thank you. I'd hate to lose them no, at this I'm point sure. because they're, uh, big they're, and beautiful. they're really tall. They must be 40, 50 mm-hmm. feet tall. Wow. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, yeah. At that age, they'd be big. And they'd be important plants in your landscape as well. Definitely. I'd have a huge hole there if, uh, if yeah. they do die. Yeah. So if you haven't fertilized them in the past, then I would get some fertilizer. Or okay. or the top dressing idea can be done instead of the fertilizer. But okay, either is a good idea. Thank you very much. Charles. Thanks. Thank you for calling okay. and Bye-bye. congratulations. First time caller too. Yeah, another first time you caller. You know, and here we go again. Another first time caller. Oh, I know. Yeah, from right from around the corner here mm-hmm. in TO. Um, it is Marie. So those wind chimes are gonna come into play. There they are. <laughs> hey Marie, welcome. Welcome to the show. Okay, my question for you is about a honeysuckle. Mm-hmm. Somebody gave me a honeysuckle and I put it in a pot mm-hmm. in a west facing window. Was doing fairly well, but now it's all withered. Can you please tell me how to take care of it and what I should do to resuscitate it? Okay, so it's honeysuckle for sure? Yes. And when did they give it to you? Uh, about a month ago. Okay, and is it it's a vine or a shrub? It, it's a vine. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, right, so can Mine you... Mine hasn't grown that tall, so it, it wouldn't... I. But she did say to me it would be creeping, so I'm... Yeah, it sounds like a vine. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> well, there are, certainly honeysuckle comes in both forms. Oh, does it? I know about the, 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 the vine. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, number one, if it's really honeysuckle, it shouldn't be inside your house. It should be outside. Uh-oh. Okay. Okay. So, can, do you have a place you can plant it outside? No. I have a sunroom, so I had put it in the sunroom. Do you have a balcony? A sun. Room. Yes, I understand. But do you have any place to garden outside? No. No, I live in an apartment. Okay, so I'm not sure if... It, see, a honeysuckle is an outdoor plant. And to try and keep it alive indoors is going to be very tough. Okay. <clears throat> I'm wondering if... It, is there a tag on the plant? Like, could it be another vining plant that's not a honeysuckle, do you think? Like, is there any kind of a name tag on it? Or uh, did, no. What she did was she cut some off her honeysuckle. Okay. okay. And her honeysuckle was... Actually a honeysuckle. Growing outside? Yes. Okay. See, that's the challenge. For that plant to really thrive, it needs to be outside. Okay. But in the meantime, if you want to try and keep it alive, lots of sun, make sure it's in a pot with potting soil. Yes. Like, treat it like a house plant. Yeah, potting I put, soil... I, I did put potting soil, but I didn't know how often I'm supposed to water it. Um... Feel the soil. You want it to be almost completely dry. So not as dry as we would make a cactus get. So not to the point of, you know, like hard and concrete, but dry to the touch. Okay. And you also want something like a little trellis inside the pot so the vine can climb onto something. That I have. Okay. And if it's looking like it's suffering right now, get out your scissors and tip and prune all the tips and that will force out some fresh leaves. Oh, okay. okay. Because there aren't any leaves on it any now, right now. I think there's only, oh, there are two. Okay. So, and are the two out on the tips or down at the bottom? Pardon me? Where are the leaves? Out on the tips? On the, on the, on the tips, yes. Okay. So don't remove those leaves, but okay. are there other branches with no leaves? Yeah. Okay. Cut those branches back. Okay. Okay. And I think you'll find that if there's life in that plant, some growth will come from where you've done the pruning. Okay. Okay. Thank you so much. Thanks. Thanks for your call. Thank you. And uh, that leaves the line open at 416-360-0740. 
anywhere else in the province, hey, you know it's toll-free, of course, 1-866-740-4740 to reach Charlie, Charlie Dobbin here on The Garden Show from AM740. And by the way, here at the Zoomerplex, it's Doors Open Toronto, That's and right. we are part of that. We For the first time ever. Yes, the MZTV um, TV Museum, Museum and Archives. It's, so, it's Moses a uh, wonderful collection. Yeah. Unbelievable and stuff. And you can see Felix the Cat. Yes, and Marilyn Monroe's old TV. Yeah, is, I know. Yeah, There's, it's a, quite a collection that Moses has of oh, TVs. Geez. And I mean, they're they're beautifully maintained and restored. So if you're a TV fan at all, come down today, tomorrow. Exactly, exactly. More about Between that Between 10 and 5, I believe yeah, it is. you're right. But, uh, of course, you want to ride your bike here or you want to run here, be active. And, and you know, it's out. not that far down to the city that you get caught in all that mess with the construction on yeah, Queen's so Key. Yeah, so stay out of your you know, car. Yeah. yeah, yeah, no, but you get on to King Street and, mm-hmm. you know, just go a little bit east of Dufferin and there's Jefferson and bingo. You make a... And there's a bunch of doors right. open, like Fort York is yeah. open as well, which is, uh, you know, spitting distance from here. Yeah. So there's a lot of doors open happening. In this in this area, <laughs> okay. The reason we're saying you know walk or ride your bike or hop on your skateboard is because we take Sierra Sill, and that makes total sense to us. We Absolutely. can do that kind of stuff, and it doesn't hurt at all. We walk, we run, we bike, and we garden. We kickbox. We stay as active as we can because Sierra Sill keeps us limber. It might work for you. You never know. If it's going to work, you'll know within fourteen days, and that's where the phone number comes in: one eight seven seven joint fourteen. To web sierrasill.ca or pick up Sierra Sill at many local health food stores. S I E R R A S I L. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than we do realize. And should little creatures become a big problem? Well, then you've got the garden show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. And the sous chef of the garden, Frank Proctor, along with James Patrick Dooley, who answers the phone. Mm-hmm. And, of course, Charlie Dobbin mm-hmm. here on the Garden Show. Now, we're going to be joined here by uh, a guy who is up in Belgrave, Ontario, has the most interesting uh, store. It's, well, it's the old-time radio center. Uh-huh. Remember those old radios yeah. that used to be like a piece of furniture? Right. Philco, Atwater, Kent, and everybody would gather around in the evenings and listen to That's Jack That's a little Benny. before my time, but, but oh, really? I have seen the movie. Yes. Uh, okay. All righty. I'll go for that. Uh, I believe her. Um, Just because you're an old fart doesn't mean yeah, I am. Well, there you are. Oh, thank you so much. Uh, not till tomorrow, yeah, though. No. It, the stuff that Brian Peroff plays in Theater of the yeah, Mind yeah. at 10 o'clock every night here. So let's welcome so let's, Gary yes, to the show. I'm good sure he's got to have a, a question about gardening. Morning, Gary. Hey, Gary. Good, good morning. morning. Thank you for the plug, guys. I got you playing loud and clear in front of the store. That's oh, great. Nice. <laughs> anyway, I I always uh, advertise out there your show and Charlie and everything, and I had some people just in the store just now said I got to rush back to the truck and listen to it, and we're in Belgrave, so that's really good. That's hey, that's me. Cool. That says you're doing a good job. Thanks, Gary. Anyway, I have a a bunch of bulbs, and I'd like to plant them, <laughs> but I'm just not sure, Charlie, if it's. Uh, too late in the season a to do it. bunch of bulbs. Tell me what kind of bulbs. Uh, they're daffodils. Where did you get them from? Um, I think Stole them. my wife picked them up from just a, a garden place or something, you know. But when? They're like in a, last what fall. They are, is they're in a, one of those cardboard uh, bags, you know. And did she perhaps get them last fall? Yeah. <laughs> okay. See, yeah. this is one of those... <laughs> 
damn. Should have for my my birthday or for Christmas. One of the other. Right. Okay. The trick is is that the daffodils and the tulips that we buy in the fall need to get into the ground before winter. In the fall. Before the ground freezes yeah. in the fall, so they can be outside through the winter, and then they all pop up in the spring. Yeah, that's. That. I knew that, but the problem is that she got them for me at Christmas time, mm. and we had a few feet of snow by that. Yes. Time. So. <laughs> So what you should do is check what, like, open up whatever they're in, whether it's cardboard or paper bags. Stick your hand in, pull out a bulb, feel the bulb. If it's got actual weight and if it's got some, there's something going, okay, if it's mush, it's compost. Oh, yeah, for sure. If it's as light as dust, it's compost. Okay. If there's some actual meat to the bulb still, then you run outside this afternoon and you bury them right away. Okay. It's pointy end up. months behind anyway. Yeah, well, they, they'll be all confused. They'll probably stick up, if they survive, stick up a few green leaves this summer. Yeah. Just let them do their thing. Let them go to sleep this winter, and they should come up and, and flower for you next next spring. Okay. Okay. Thanks, Charlie. You guys have a good day, and thanks again for the plug. Oh, You're well, welcome. Thanks for your call. <laughs> okay. There's Gary, the old-time radio center up there in Belgrade. Always a pleasure. Hey, uh, Cindy and Pickering, welcome along to the show here at AM740. Hi. Hello. I wish I got on at your dancing time. I could picture you going through my tulips. <laughs> <laughs> yes, particularly Frank. Yeah. <laughs> He's a tiptoer from way back. <laughs> uh, my vegetable garden, I had an abundance of apples this year, mm-hmm. and we got to the point where we just buried them. Mm-hmm. And they're in my vegetable garden. Great. Uh, it's about six foot um, the spot we put them in, we trenched, and it's about uh, four foot by six foot, and mm. they're down at least three feet. Excellent. Um, what do I need to do to combat the acid? Do I need horticultural lime? No, no, I wouldn't worry about it at all. Why are you concerned about acid? I thought there was too much. Um, like if I spread <clears throat> them out over a bigger surface, but we just... We had nowhere to put them. Right. So how many bushels, roughly, do you think you put into that four by six? Excuse me, oh, trench. they were at least two feet deep. No. Oh, okay. So two feet deep into a four by six trench. Hmm. Yeah. You know what? Uh, at this point, I wouldn't be overly concerned. The acid that I'm thinking of that's in apples is ascorbic acid, which is vitamin C. And the only way you'll know whether you need to counteract the... Uh, the the acid content, meaning your pH has dropped to a point that it'll be too low for all your vegetables to thrive, would be to do a very simple soil test. Keeping in mind as well that if you went out and planted tomatoes, peppers, whatever you might plant into that area, the roots are only going to go down at the most a foot. Now, could I counteract it by putting in some peat moss, bring the acid off? No, it works the other way. Uh, peat moss lowers your pH. If you, if you're, for the optimal pH for vegetables, you want a neutral pH or slightly below. So you want six point seven up to seven as your as your optimal pH. Be, the apples may have caused the pH to drop lower than six point seven, and if so, then you're right. Horticultural lime is what you would use to bring the uh, pH up a bit closer to that neutral point. But you wouldn't know how much or whether you needed it unless you do a very simple pH test of some soil. You can do just a, a home soil test, uh, pick up a simple little soil test at Canadian Tire or a garden center, and it's literally a litmus paper test just to see where you are in terms of the pH. 
So I wouldn't go running in there with horticultural lime unless you absolutely know you need it. Okay. Um, can I ask you, I talked to you before about rhododendrons, mm-hmm. and mine are too lanky. Mm-hmm. They took a real, although I had them really secure and, and uh the grass cloth all around them filled with leaves trying mm. to keep the wind out it mm-hmm. was such a winter good yeah it was so bad um in order to prune them to bring them down i have a few flower buds mm. on them so they aren't dead right when do i bring them down wait until after they flowered as soon as they finish flowering you can prune them down but right now, you should be fertilizing those rhododendrons with rhododendron food. Yeah, I've put some on. And you should be doing the opposite of what we were just saying, what you're going to do to the vegetable garden. And you're going to be using soil acidifier around the rhododendrons to lower the pH. Right? Because rhododendrons want an acidic soil. So they want the soil pH to be down, you know, six. I've already put spruce needles okay. like branches but that's around. a slow that's a very slow way you need a faster way if they're looking that that shabby so i would sprinkle a couple tablespoons of soil acidifier but leave the spruce there as well and how low do i take them oh I- don't be too radical that uh, our soil and our climate is not optimal for rhododendrons so you know what if you're taking a, at the most you would take off a third of the plant but that's the most because there's no leaves um, further down, they're just uh, look like palm trees. <laughs> they, they may, well, you don't want to take every leaf off. But remember, where uh, uh, yeah, we're going to get into a whole physiological thing here. But wherever there was a leaf and it lo- you've lost it, there's a little bump in the stem. Yeah, same as tomato. Yeah. That's right. And at every one of those bumps, there is a bud right now dormant under the bark. So by cutting it back, you force those dormant buds out. You don't see them, but they're there. Thank you so very much. Okay. And, Cindy, I'll let you get away with that question number two. I know that. She's small. Oh, I know. Wait, no, it's just because I discussed them with her before. Uh, I ah, lost my shoes. I see. So it's a continuing conversation you think yeah, you have I've with lost, Charlie. <laughs> I'm sorry. I lost no. my piece of paper. Oh. I'm well, sorry. The, Don't no, worry. no. The only reason uh, that I, you know, Patrolman Proctor put away his ticket book was because I didn't <laughs> repeat the mantra right off the top of the show, call early, call often. One. A question for call. I'm going. I'm going. <laughs> Bye-bye. Thanks, Cindy. How, how you scared obedient. her. Well, uh, She's probably never going to call me again. Know. Well, uh, you know, that's the penalty that uh, comes along. you got to play by the rules. Nobody likes me. That's, no, Everybody I'm sorry. Nobody hates me. I'm going to the garden to eat worms. Eat worms. Well, picture that. Big, and happy breakfast worms. time, folks. Uh, meantime... <laughs> Thanks for that. (laughs) we got to take a little bit of a break here and come right back on The Garden Show. It's a May 2-4 weekend, my friends. Mm -hmm. Yes. And it's your birthday. (laughs) Yes, indeed. Uh, (laughs) Hey, Laura from Eris. Hello there. Good morning. (laughs) How you doing? Morning, Laura. Charlie, I got a couple of things I want to tell you. Okay. My my roses clearly took a beating this winter. Mm -hmm. And... um, my, but I saved my butterfly bush. Mm-hmm. But your roses probably are alive, too, way down, just like your butterfly bush, way down in the root. Yeah, well, my butterfly bush is, has flower, leaves on it. I covered it, like you said, uh, with okay. soil around it. Uh-huh. Then I dumped a whole bag full of cedar cuttings right on top of it. Oh, my, okay, good. And that saved it, I think. Yep. It was yeah. a cold winter. Oh, yeah, and a lot of snow. Yes. Yeah, and another thing, mm-hmm. well, now the question my impatience, it came up from seed in a flower pot here in the house. Hmm. 
and I've never had this problem before with the mildew. Right. But this one got mildew on it, and yet it's never. I've never mm. had it before. Yes. And it's not concede from the one that was outside. Okay, so it could be that the mildew, like it's a microscopic spore, that the mildew was carried on the seed, which blew in from a neighbor. Or it could be that the mildew, it's called downy mildew, spore was in the soil. Bottom line, once it's in the soil, it's in the soil. You're not going to, you're That's not going to get it. I wondered if it was in the soil. And it's soil that I bought. Yep. Yeah, I know. And it should be perfectly clean and everything else. But it is possible that somehow it, it got into the soil. You could bake that soil and, you know, sterilize it that way. But bake I wouldn't, it. I wouldn't try uh, growing impatience this year. Just yeah, well, I have stay away. I've had it yeah. for about five years. Yeah. Every year. Oh, it's neat. In, it's in another pot and no problem. Yeah. I know it's a it's a pernicious uh, spore. It's tiny and it's very effective, and it wipes out impatience. We'll have to grow something else. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, some great. I don't know if I'll get them this year or not. I've never had the problem before. No, I know. It's yeah. new anyway. For... Okay. Um, and uh, I enjoy your jokes, uh, Frank. <laughs> Frank. <laughs> Thank you, Laura. Thank you, Laura. You're welcome. <laughs> you take care of Eris. For Thanks us, for the you? update, All Laura. Right. Now, do we have time to talk? I guess if we go really quick, see if Phil can can ask quick and I can answer quick. Step along to Stouffville here. Phil on the line. Good morning, Phil. Good morning, uh, Frank. Good morning, Charlie. Morning. I'll try try and make a quick question for you. Mm -hmm. Um, We've had a longtime family friend. It's a four-foot burning bush Mm -hmm. beside the garage. Mm -hmm. Uh, Really hit hard with the winter. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's only flowering on the top now, and the little branches underneath are uh, all falling off. Mm-hmm. Um, I just wondered if uh, we can cut it back and uh, maybe try and rejuvenate it somehow. Or, and if we cut it back, spring, summer, fall, I, the appropriate time. Okay, so good question. And yes, I agree with you. I would cut it back. I would cut it back now. How far back? Uh, at the most, a third of the plant. Anything that's clearly dead should be removed. It's only leafing on the top right now. Yes, well, that's the challenge. So if you take a, a th- you know the whole third off, you'll have absolutely no leaves by the You're sounds right. of it. And if the stems are green, they will continue to photosynthesize and leaves should grow again. Okay. But if the stems are very barky and brown, <clears throat> then that's not as likely to happen. Uh, so you may have to just cut one half, one, you know, cut back a third on one half of the plant. Once it starts to sprout a bit, then on the other half of the plant, cut the other to, to balance the, the shape and size of the plant. Feed okay. it because it's, it's the now. right time of year. Exactly. Fertilizer, top dressing with organic material. And that will give it a, a good you know, boost, a shot in the arm, and get it going. Okay, so I shouldn't cut it way back. No, I wouldn't do anything too dramatic. Okay. Okay. All right, thank you. Thanks for your call. Thanks for the call, Phil. And uh, to everyone else for joining us here at AM740, The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. We've only got a few seconds left here, my friend. All right, all right. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Have a great birthday tomorrow. Well, thank you. And uh, you are probably back here this afternoon. Yes, yes, I am. I'm coming back about, well, 2.30. Okay, so I'll you'll still be in. you'll be still young this afternoon. <laughs> yeah, It's, it's yeah. next week. I don't, yeah, I don't really get old till tomorrow. Tomorrow, exactly. Yeah. So <laughs> while you're still young, have a good day. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> and thanks so much for all your help, as usual, with the show. And James Patrick Dooley's a great help as well. Thanks to our callers. See you again next week. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740.
This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.